Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Gigantic. It is October 9th, 2023, and this is Gigantic Pop number six. I'm Glenn Rubenstein, joined by Raj Geary. And look, here's the deal. We're pretty convinced Matt Morgan fell asleep. (laughs) It's 1125 on the East Coast as we're recording this this week. Matt had something last night, Sunday. We said we're going to push it to Monday. We'll do it after Raw. Funny we're doing it after Raw. We're not talking about Raw. But it feels so retro. It's a Monday night. Raj has had a couple of drinks. And uh, maybe Matt Morgan, you know, we said watch Nightmare on Elm Street and, uh, you know, hope Freddy Krueger doesn't get him. Boom, 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 I mean, I, I, I did not get a chance to finish Friday the 13th, but man, Nightmare on Elm Street, watched it again. Great. Such a great movie. Still holds up. The first one's phenomenal. And I think um, the context of this is important. So this week it's October we're doing Halloween, folks. We're talking about scary movies this month, scary pop culture moments, things that burned and imprinted within us that left a lasting mark, as great pop culture often does. And um, do you remember as a kid when you first heard about horror movies or slasher films or you know people talking about... I remember vivid memories on the playground. You would have the one kid that saw something like Halloween that, you know, his... his older brother showed him and he'd be like, Oh, it's really scary, man. It was like Michael Myers. Like people would, it was almost like urban legend. These movies before we even saw them. Well, <coughs> Excuse me. Um, well, I felt like a lot of those movies, like the old school horror movies were those moments that they, they captured like nightmare on Elm street where you had the one, two, Freddy's yeah. coming, and 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 the Shining with the 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 hallway. You see the blood, and you know, like they just captured those moments that you will never forget. Yeah, and yeah, I I feel like you don't see those kind of moments or scenes today, where it's just that you know, the like three moments in a movie that you'll just never forget. And uh, they 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 captured those. I thought, I thought the Shining, Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, they got those. And it was, oh no, it was... iconic man, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And you know what I remember? I don't know because I watched a lot of TV as a child, as as is apparent to anyone that's ever listened to me talk. Um, and it was the TV commercials. The first one I remember was for Jaws two. I remember like in a room alone, maybe I was four, three or four years old and hearing the, just when you thought it was safe to go back in the water and that Mm. creepy voice, that great voice in those trailers. Yeah. And then I remember with Friday the 13th, 3d seeing Jason and they were showing, uh, you know, all the stuff coming at the camera I was aware of that. But then Nightmare on Elm Street, I remember seeing the trailer for wasn't even the first one. It was part two Freddy's revenge. And they would show like those little um, on late night on UHF stations. They would show those behind the scenes, not behind the scenes, but those little electronic press kits 
you know, extended previews for movies. And I remember seeing one for Freddy's Revenge. And I remember being freaked out because there I am on a Friday or Saturday night watching late night TV, flipping the channels, staying up to one in the morning, seeing that being scared. And I was thinking about that. And, you know, that's not a uniquely 80s experience. They still do it today. I remember last year when Evil Dead Rise came out, the trailers for that on TV, I was like, fuck this. This is some scary shit. Like, like, (laughs) don't show me this on TV when I'm trying to enjoy SmackDown. Like, this is creeping me out, man, you know? But what what other scenes have been as iconic as those? You you know, like, again, with the Nightmare on Elm Street, with the, uh, uh, I mean, especially the Shining. The Shining with the blood in, in the hallway. Um. I mean, the Exorcist. Now we got the new Exorcist out, but the original Exorcist. In fact, I had the original Exorcist ruined for me. I did not watch the original Exorcist until like 2008. And Mm. my entire life, I saw the Exorcist parodied and made fun of so much with Mm -hmm. the head spinning and the pea soup vomit and, you know, all the the uh, the possession scenes. And when I finally saw the Exorcist, I was like, I just can't take this seriously. It's a scary movie. Yeah. You know, because it was so overdone. But no, I think there's a lot with horror. And in fact, with horror, I think the reason why as a genre, it's so easy to talk about and it has such inherent virality amongst kids, especially, is everybody talks about the different kills. So in Nightmare on Elm Street, I would hear be like, oh, her body's dragged all around the room and it's really scary and you can't see Freddy and uh, the body's moving. I mean, they would talk about Johnny Depp getting sucked in the bed and the gusher of blood coming out um you know on friday the 13th i mean pick a kill like everyone was discussing it on the schoolyard so there'd be that there'd be jaws like but that's like as a as a kid um there was almost that lore of a horror movie there was watching it but then there was the way people talked about it and i think that before people had you know were drinking or doing drugs or even smoking like that was kind of the early childhood badass thing is you'd have the kid to be like i rented faces of death this weekend you know and be like oh man <laughs> Like he's hardcore. I can't watch that. Those are real. Those are real death scenes, man. Like you're, you're, you're messed up, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, I, I remember watching faces of death back in the day, which was, uh, it, it felt like it was watching, you know, um, it felt like you were watching porn with that. Right. You know, like it was just, uh, it was, it was forbidden. It'd be banned in 37 countries. Faces yeah. of death. Um, like you're seeing people actually die. Well, in some and, cases, uh, well, apparently yeah. a lot of it was was staged. Um, dude, I used to get freaked out at the video store just sometimes looking at the box covers of things. Yeah. Um, I remember the box cover for the original Sleepaway Camp that is a knife through a bloody sneaker. But then on the back, it's a kid writing a letter home and it's all handwriting saying what's going on. And at the end, the kid writes like, I hear somebody coming. And then you just see blood all over the bottom of the page. <laughs> and I was like, this movie this, like I can't watch this movie. I'm terrified by the box cover. Right. Well, uh, you know, horror movies. I actually was not a big horror movie fan back in the day. Yeah, um, I, I love The Shining. The Shining. Mm-hmm. To to this day, I, I find that to be the greatest horror movie of all time. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street one, great. I, I never a Friday the Thirteenth fan. Um, I, I I was watching it for for this show. And watching it, I was just like, oh, yeah, it's a really bad movie. <laughs> and, uh, you know, like, there, the number of really good horror movies, I think I've got, like, eight. eight there's eight horror movies that are eight. great, period. Period. Yeah. Wow. Shining, 
Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, uh, Joyride. Have you seen Joyride? The with Paul Walker. Yes, it's great. It's, it's not the more recent comedy about the girls that go to China, which is also a very no, no, the one with Paul Walker. It's actually great. Uh, <laughs> wait, wait, hold on, a second. <laughs> on your list of the eight, okay, so wait, give me the entire list of the eight horror films, the eight great yeah. horror films of all time. Okay, start again. I gave you three so far, right? Okay, uh, Psycho, Psycho, yeah, okay. Um, Oh gosh, that might be <laughs> okay. So, Raj, Raj is Monday Night Raj. Uh, Raj is saying there are eight great horror movies The Shining, Nightmare on Elm Street, Joyride with Paul Walker, Psycho, and I can't remember the other four. <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit. yeah, I think that's uh, it. That's phenomenal. Um, I think there's more than eight. Uh, what else you got? Um, okay, more recently, Hereditary mm, was never heard of it, dude. Hereditary will freak you out. Hereditary is a freakish mm. film. It is very uh, unpredictable. Um, I think now horror comedy is really more the trend as mm. of late. Um, and, and horror movies have always had humor, but I just watched, actually, you would like this. There's something on Amazon called Totally Killer, and mm. it's about a girl traveling back to 1987 to stop a killer from uh, uh, killing like her mom's friends in high school. And it's very referential. They mentioned Back to the Future, but it's a slasher time travel comedy. It just came out last week. Um, I like was smiling the entire time I watched it. It was a very fun adventure movie, but it was a horror movie. Still, it had some slasher stuff. But no, recently I think Barbarian was very good with Justin I Long. Never heard of that. Yeah, that was um, that's good scares in it but it depends though on what type of horror you're looking for because there are different types right there's the slasher yes. film there's the monster movie there's psychological yeah. horror i mean the shining horror. is kind of slow in many parts it is but it is uh it, it it leaves those lasting impressions which i feel like a lot of movies don't do anymore i agree with that i mean look here's my take on a good horror movie i thought the recent it parts one and two were very good i thought one was good Two sucked. Here's here's what's a great horror movie is if you wake up in the middle of the night and you're lying in bed, you can't sleep, and you yeah. think of that movie, and you just pull the covers a little tighter, mm. and you just try and change the subject. If a movie leaves that kind of lasting mark where it freaks you out in the middle of the night just to think about it, yeah. that's a great horror movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To this day, I still cannot sleep with the blankets off of my feet dangling off the bed because a shark will get them. <laughs> I've felt yeah. that way my entire life. All right. Uh, uh, on in the chat, uh, yes. What happened on Raw tonight? Let it let us know because I heard uh, there was a tag team match with Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens against oh, uh, what was there? Cody and uh, Jay. Six thousand weeks of a uh, a tag match with <laughs> Sammy Cody versus uh, dude. The the bigger story though was tomorrow night. I mean, NXT is pulling out all the stops because they're going head to head with AEW Dynamite on a Tuesday. It's going to be Title Tuesday on Dynamite. It's going to run like 15 minutes over. But NXT has Cody Rhodes, Asuka, John Cena, Paul Heyman. Um, commercial free for the first half hour. Dude, they're 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 not uh, they're not laying down. Which <laughs> is, you know, um, I mean. I mean, let's face it. NXT is the C show. It's going against the A show. Um, 
you have to load it up because NXT gets a, a, a half or a third of, of what SmackDown does, and you mm-hmm. know half of uh, what uh, Raw does. Uh, so it's gonna be big, yeah. And and you got someone coming in on your turf, so yeah. I think it's. I love it. I I, I think it's gonna be one of the front, funnest nights uh, of the year. No, they uh, have Undertaker on there. I know. I'm glad I'm not covering it, dude. Uh, tomorrow night, I, I'm off tomorrow night for the show. Maybe we should. Maybe we no. should. Matt, I mean, maybe Matt will will be you awake for again. us. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I'm. I've got plans tomorrow night. But I was funny. I was talking uh, Friday, Raj. I was, I was shooting on you a little bit. I was talking about the Wednesday oh, no. night wars and about the most miserable time of the last seven years of doing the Wink podcast was when you made me watch Dynamite and NXT simultaneously. <laughs> And then cover them. And someone was always mad. The NXT fans were like, you can you cover NXT first. And the AEW fans were like, you need to cover AEW first. They would like clock the minutes we discussed each show. It was the absolute worst. And I'm so glad it's over. It was a thankless job. And uh, I mean, for me too, man. I yeah. mean, to this day, uh, you uh, I had a death threat last night. I know. Um, it's crazy. <laughs> Fandom is really weird, dude. I mean... Yeah. There's like a quadrant of people like of tribalism in wrestling, right? Um, and uh, I think that sometimes you just run afoul of somebody and they take a huge issue with something you said. And I feel like with with tweets, I mean, dude, you're on Twitter all the time lately. This I is what retirement no, is for you, Raj. I have no life. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. It's like, please, uh, somebody, ask me, somebody, please ask me to ask me my opinion on wrestling. <laughs> It's all I know at this point. You're like, what, what, you're, like the, you're like the guy in Shawshank that gets out and decides he yeah. has to go back in because he knows ask, nothing else. Ask me about stocks or wrestling. But the the, uh, the replies I give about stocks get no traction. Wrestling, on the other you're hand. You're literally telling people how to make money. <laughs> yes. You know? And that gets, that gets no, no traction. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, I got to admit, it's kind of weird. Like, dude, I would rather have my Twitter account just be... Everyone want to talk like I was watching Canadian commercials from the 80s all weekend. Like nobody wants to talk about that. But if I'm like, oh, I think so and so should be the next NXT women's champ, like that'll spark a discussion. It's just it's really strange. Or if I'm like, here's how to promote your podcast or get ads, like everyone wants to talk about that. No one, no one sees me for me, Raj. And it just really sometimes bums me out, you know? And the 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 weird part is that um um AEW is in a uh, a period right now where they're uh, I, don't, I don't know what the right word is, but they're becoming unpopular. Mm. Like they're 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 dropping, and so everything I'm saying uh, regarding their popularity dropping is to help try to help them out. Yeah, it's not like um um uh, trying to give them shit or. Uh, uh, I'm not kicking them when they're down. I I, I want to see them get back to where they were. I mean, now we're getting to where their attendance is starting to fall between three thousand on the show, hmm. um, which is really bad. Um, and so, uh, but geez, you know, they're they're hardcore fans. Just take it as like I'm, you know, like lighting shoes on fire. <laughs> you know, yeah. Where, it's that's not the case. I, w- I want them to do well. No, absolutely. I think um, we want there to be competition, but it's disappointing when something happens like Adam Copeland makes his debut. Everyone's excited about it. And then it's just like nothing. 
And, and that is one of the things that, uh, again, reality is that Adam Copeland is not a draw. No one has ever cared about him in the sense of making a difference with with numbers. I mean, when, when he came back to the Royal Rumble years ago, that, that Raw did the same amount of traffic that it normally does after mm. you know for a post raw rumble so um yeah it's just adam copeland is not a draw mm. yeah but remember that creed my sacrifice video where it had the most likely to become a wwf superstar in his yearbook quote it's a great story for sure <laughs> but uh does it translate no yeah, I, I like Adam Copeland quite a bit. But I, I, I do too. I mean, Raw's return was great, but yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see it, the problem. You know what it is? It's not that it doesn't move the needle. It's that um, all those fans are already watching AEW. Like, you need to get a Brock Lesnar. You need to get somebody who's going to bring in lapsed fans and not just the people that are already watching the product. There's a handful of people that are truly draws. You, know, you CM Punk is one. Mm. Um, uh, obviously Roman Reigns it, Roman Reigns became one he 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 wasn't for a while and uh Adam Copeland is not in that list yeah and, and he, even for the one week you know uh, there was the the issue with the listings uh last week where um and again who who is to blame for this other than AEW and TBS but the listings were on for like four hours before that's like okay um that's not wwe's fault that's not that's ultimately that's your fault so yeah. if that happens that's on you and uh adam copeland he he just is not a draw hmm. well we'll see we'll see what happens tomorrow night it's gonna be a hell of a night for wrestling who wins who do you think i think nxt squeaks it out all right, here, let me tweet this out. One second. <laughs> it's very good. Raj is tweeting uh, during this. But no, I think right now it's still an exciting time in wrestling. It's just, uh, it's tough to sustain interest and build people's habits. Plus, tomorrow, aren't there like two major sports games going on tomorrow night at the same time as both of these? Sports games? I thought one of the saying? baseball playoffs is going on tomorrow night. Um... I don't, I, oh, actually, I wait. Have, are there two division playoffs tomorrow night? I have no idea. Yeah, yeah, that could be what it is. Um, will be West playoffs. Let's see the postseason bracket. Um, yeah, I believe these are going on currently. I think uh, tomorrow could be a decider. So we'll see. Oh, okay. Okay. It's gonna just no. Part of me. It's gonna decide. I believe who goes to the playoffs. Hockey starts tomorrow. Oh, there you go. But in, no one watches hockey. Uh, Two NHL games. I well, that, in Vegas. Let me tell you something about the Golden Knights, Raj. Mm. People here. Oh my God! Look, I lived in the Bay Area during the heyday of the 49ers. Yeah. With Joe Montana, the year they played the Dolphins. Oh my God! People lot like. You know how many going to grade school, how many kids were wearing shirts that said save the whales, kill the dolphins? It was big, mm. huge. Living in Vegas with the Golden Knights, maybe because it's a newer team still, 
I have not seen hometown support or area support for a team like the Knights since the 49ers in the early 80s. Okay, so 100 bucks. Who wins tomorrow? NXT. 1849 as well. It's tough. I don't know about the demo. I maybe yes. maybe that's the Cena Undertaker. Yeah, those don't really. Well, Cena draws the kids, but does he even draw the kids anymore? They've all grown up. Ugh. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I got I got NXT easy for viewers for yeah. sure. Demo demo might be. I mean, it could be like by a tenth of a point. Because it is ultimately, it's still NXT. None of these Cena, Undertaker, none of these guys are matches. So yeah, I mean, the, the only main roster person they have for a match is Oscar. Yeah, Sean Murphy saying NXT is going to win viewership. AEW may slightly steal the demo. I go with what Sean Murphy says. I could see it be like being a point two six to a point two four. Yeah, something you know? like that. Yeah. Um. And commercial free for the first half hour. It's exciting. Yeah, um, I, no, no, I, I, I take that back. Uh, NXT is going to win by, but merrily, uh, narrowly. I think. Yeah, we'll see. It'll be a hell of a night tomorrow. Look for those fast nationals Wednesday. The world will be on the edge of its seat. Your thoughts on AEW right now in general? Uh, I, I'm not watching it. I'm not watching anything except the pay per views and even Wrestle Dream. I just tuned in at the end because when I saw Christian was the main event, I was like, Edge is showing up. Yeah. And it's just, and part of it too, though, man, it's like, I don't watch Raw. I look, I cover NXT and SmackDown. And I've said this before. This is no disrespect to any wrestler. This is no disrespect to any wrestling product. Just know that when you do something, when you have to do something, it becomes work. I don't care how much you love it. And somewhere out there, there is a professional ice cream taster who loathes going to work every day. And it's like, fuck, yeah. if I have to take one more bite of Rocky Road, I'm going to kill somebody. Yep, 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 yep. You know, so I, I very I didn't watch Fastlane last night, which is actually kind of weird because I normally tune I still, in. I still haven't this. seen Fastlane. Yeah, you know, Wink doesn't cover the most of the pay per views anymore. What? Nope, no Fastlane coverage. They didn't cover Money in the Bank. Are you kidding? Nope. So uh, you know that this under my watch that wouldn't have happened. That never would have happened. <laughs> never would have. Uh, but what did we watch? Oh, you know what we watched instead of Fastlane? We watched uh, that new The Boys spinoff, Gen, Gen V. Generation oh, yeah, 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 yeah. that's yeah. good. That's really good. That's the first thing we've actually watched, like, binged since Succession ended. We tried to watch Warrior on HBO Max. It's good, yeah. but it, it got a little repetitive. But Gen V, highly recommend. Very good. Wrestling show. Inc., stop dropping the ball. It was handed to you. They owe you money still, Raj. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Run with it. It's there. It's it's free money. Jesus. No, it's all good. They've been very nice. They've been very good. Uh, yeah. Hey, Raj, you know, they doubled everyone's rates after they took over. They did. <laughs> On the podcast. <laughs> and they're doing half the shows, but okay. <laughs> but they doubled the rates, Raj. That's what's important. Uh, anyhow. Back yeah. to the matter at hand, because this is not a wrestling podcast. Let's 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 stick with the wrestling a little bit. We're going to change the title of this gigantic pop sticks, the one that went off the rails. Uh, no, I think wrestling is exciting. It's a very good time right now for professional wrestling. There's a lot of competition, well, even with Endeavor in the picture. Yeah, yeah, for sure, and I and I think we're we're seeing a uh, we're we're 
at a point where WWE is the hottest it's ever been in this century, you know, and uh, AEW is the victim of that because they haven't been able to keep up and Mm. they they have had the unfortunate circumstance of uh being there when wwe got hot you know for i I would say for the first three years of wwe versus aew aew was way hotter like it was way more uh interesting uh and then now in the past year wwe just turned it way the fuck up and now you know it's that's not the case anymore do you think part of it is though is imagine you're dating someone for like Mm. 10 years or even two years and then you break up the next person you date is going to seem like the most exciting person ever for the first three to four months Mm. and then eventually you realize like all relationships are different there are ups and downs and perhaps you should get back together with your ex well um you know what it <laughs> I say this Raj and I have both been in committed relationships for decades. Uh yeah. but uh but no I think that I think there's a newness factor and I think with AEW yes, and, and balls yeah. being fondled, you know, <laughs> that doesn't you know a lot of times that doesn't happen with a prior relationship. But uh <laughs> um but I think with AEW they did a lot of stuff right, but I think that it was like I've I've made this comparison a million times. It's Sega versus Nintendo. Um, and, and Nintendo was viewed as old and stuffy and very uh, set in its ways. And it was like, oh, we get a great game every once in a while. But then we get a lot of stuff that was like, oh, what's this crap? Who wants to play? Why is this version of Marble Madness for the NES nowhere near as good as the arcade? So Sega came along and it was like, oh, these are just like the arcade games. This is new and exciting. But then ultimately you came to realize Sega had a lot of the same problems Nintendo did. They just manifested in different ways. And Nintendo was able to reclaim the crown. And the thing that Sega did smart, and I say this because I was a journalist at the time, uh, covering the industry, is Sega was better with the press, and AEW was better with the press. Dude, like, Wrestling Inc., Fightful, all these publications, there were no press conferences WWE had that they got invited to. They weren't getting... Like, Wink wasn't getting... At, but I remember when we started doing the podcast, it was like, oh, can we interview so-and-so? And they were like, they don't give us interviews. <laughs> uh, it was like, maybe we get a media day at WrestleMania, that's yeah. it, or SummerSlam. But now they... like. WWE became more press friendly because they realized AEW was eating their lunch. I mean, we were, uh, I mean, Wrestling Inc. When, when I sold it, we were doing, you know, uh, 30 million page views a month. And yeah, yeah, they they opened that up. They, they were getting better and better over the years, but uh, they're the most open they've ever been right now. Um, um Remember when we had Heath Slater as a guest on Wink and he was afraid to talk about anything except his wrestling school because he was afraid he was going to get in trouble? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And he gave the worst answers in the sense, the worst thing. It's like, do you ever get one of those cameos for somebody and you're like, hey, talk about this thing? And they're like, oh, yeah, that thing. Sure had a good time doing that. It's like, they're just afraid to go into any detail. It was the worst yeah. interview I've ever conducted. And uh, I think it, they've gotten better with bad. the press as a, res- as a response to AEW courting the press which uh and when we did he slater he, he was actually not with wwe when he did it was he, he? Just, I thought he uh, was. no i think i think he was uh he had just gotten released right 
Or no, no, I... he was still there, dude. He was still there. It was a Wednesday morning. Oh, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And he, we had to do it by yeah. phone, and you had to like hold up the phone to the mic because he couldn't get his <laughs> Zoom working. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then if we're so. talking memories, remember we were going to interview Bret Hart about like this weird kind of shady sounding like business loan business and we're going to get to ask him some wrestling questions and he backed out into the last minute we were literally the last minute we're waiting for him to join on yes uh and uh bret hart is the one that got away he's uh i I met him at the airport i've met him many times uh and then just whenever it came time to actually do the interview he just skipped away and it you know i i I respect brett is one of those guys that i respect more than anyone absolutely uh, well wrestling with shadows is what got me back into wrestling like right before tough enough launched and that was like the one two of uh those two things but so when it comes to interviews let's talk about this because again this is the episode that went off the rails folks yeah yeah. um we're gonna we're gonna post we're we're, we're, we're gonna talk about that next week next week with Matt. (laughs) Yeah. We'll talk about what Matt was dreaming about when he missed the podcast. Um, <laughs> so with, when it comes to interviews, I've got a little experience with interviewing like executives. And then with uh, actors or performers, with the Yellow Jackets Buzz podcast I do with Issa, we've interviewed many actors and directors on the show. Interviewed yeah. Eduardo Sanchez, who wrote and directed The Blair Witch Project. Mm-hmm. My interview style is I like to ask mm-hmm. people, you know, some of the basic questions that they're used to answering. But then I want to go deep. It's actually yeah. funny. It's a lot like what Sean Evans does on Hot Ones. I want to hit them with something that's meaningful, but obscure. That's going to, you know, get a story there. They haven't told a thousand times. And um, I, cause I just feel like when we see a lot of these interviews now, it's like, are they in kayfabe or not? If it's a current performer, it's the same shit again and again. Like what's, what's your approach to interviewing talent? Well, uh, you know, there are some people there's, there's someone like, like Diamond Dallas Page, right? When I interview yes. him, uh, you ask him one question and it goes 55 minutes. <laughs> yes. Just him uh, answering one question, uh, which is awesome. Uh, then you get uh, someone like Harley Race. When, mm. when I when I would interview him, and he's like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh, so uh, what was your favorite match? Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you know, like it was, it was, it was, it was very difficult. And then you get someone like Hulk Hogan, um, who is just full of shit. You can't believe half the stuff he's saying. And yeah. so it's like the stuff he's saying, you can't really use it as a soundbite because you know it's full of shit. Um, then you get The Rock or John Cena, who get very um, company-friendly answers. Yeah. But, but, but they're great. You know, like they're uh, they're the shit, and so um, yeah, yeah, it's just weird. But to, as far as the most interesting people to interview, uh, I thought it was uh, Jake the Snake because mm. he, he would just throw in stuff where just like whoa, you know, like uh, wow. And and granted. Uh, uh, a lot of it was before he got clean. Oh yeah, um, yeah. I can only imagine. But he was he was just no holes barred, and uh, yeah, yeah. He, him and uh, I'm trying to think of who else. Uh, Medusa was always great too. Yeah, 
No, I think uh, when people have zero Fs when they're at that stage of their career, it's yeah. always a better interview. I think the challenge is sometimes that, especially with current talent, they're so rehearsed. I mean, I have to commend Iso. The interview she did, um, like with Dominic Mysterio, that was like kayfabe. Uh, yeah. Like, I, I love that. I love when people really keep it there. These press conferences, though, and credit to Sean Ross Sapp because he co-signed this opinion that someone else had. Like, they almost need to tell the press before these WWE press conferences. Like, is this in character or are we talking about the business here? Because you're going hit, to hit people with these questions and most wrestlers are going to be so up in their head about what to say. But in kayfabe, it's much like talking smack. They can have a lot more latitude to do something interesting and make it um, entertaining, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, you know what? Hmm. What's the least favorite wrestler you've ever interviewed? I haven't interviewed that many. I mean, honestly, like we had the Heath one was pretty bad. Mm -hmm. That was bad. It's kind of weird. I remember back when I started doing the Wink podcast, there was this thing was like, oh, now I'll probably get to do interviews. And you were like, yeah, we don't get to interview anyone currently. I was like, okay. Um, But for no mercy, like I thought about it because I knew Wink wasn't sending someone. I was like, I could drive to Bakersfield. I bet I could get press do some yeah. interviews and then i was like eh, like though here's the one thing about nxt and remember people don't know this the nxt podcast for like a 24-hour period was almost canceled and i had to fight raj yeah to have raj fight for me uh to keep it and part of the reason why is it's like wink and fightful like nobody really covers nxt and right. maybe it's a little bit of an ego thing but yeah i we hear all the time secondhand or even sometimes directly like Everyone on NXT pays attention to the Wink podcast because it's one of two podcasts that talk about their podcast. <laughs> and I like yeah. that. That's cool. You know, I mean, it's cool to have like some sphere of recognition. So that's why I almost went to No Mercy because I thought it would have been really cool just to meet some of the talent. But then again, I see, I almost wonder with a lot of it, like, you know, as viewers, we have our own internal head cannon. So you could talk to a character and there's like, I don't know what to say. Like, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. I'll you say know? this. I, I will say this. Yeah, he, as as bad as um, Heath Slater was, he yeah. was nice. He was very nice. There were a couple. Uh, gosh, I hate to say it. Um, Scott Hall um, definitely did not want to be there when I when I interviewed him. Uh, I could tell, like, he, I mean, the interview started with, I'm doing this because of TDP. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> he basically, right off the bat, said, I don't want to be talking to you. Um, but I, I get it. I mean, he was, he he'd gotten a lot of bad press back then. And, uh, and then once, actually, once we started talking, he was, he was fucking great. Um Jake the Snake, the first time I did it, uh, was rough. Um, he, he he was great. And then once it was the 20 minutes hit, he just, like, shut yeah. off completely. Wow. And uh, so the and Harley race was a tough one because Harley is Harley. He's, yeah. He's, he's great. You know, he's a legend. But... Uh, yeah. When we were doing Wednesday mornings, when we were doing SmackDown the day after. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, we had some good. We had Sean Davari. Yep. He was fun. We had Court Bauer. Yep. Who was fun. 
Um, and those guys, what I liked about both of them is they just felt like they were hanging out with us, mm-hmm. um, which was nice. Sammy Callahan was right? cool. Yeah. Like, he mellowed out. At first, I thought it was trying too hard, but then it was just kind of fun just to tell. And he was telling us stuff about the Solomon Crow gimmick at the time because that had just ended. Um, yeah. He was good. Um, we had some we had some decent ones on Wednesday mornings. Yeah. I mean that you know, for me, the one that was a little bit of a disappointment. I mean, it was one where it's like I shouldn't have even been on the episode was when we finally had Ryback on. Because it's like <laughs> it was just that Ryback was, and Matt. That was a nighttime. Talking. Yeah, it was that nighttime. Was a, a night, and we yeah, didn't yeah. talk about Raw. It was just Ryback and Matt shooting the shit, basically. <laughs> like you and I didn't even need to be on that episode. <laughs> you know? Like, uh, excuse me, excuse yeah. me. I'm here too. <laughs> but you know what's really weird? So what I hate is with I think with Ryback um and other people, it's like Sometimes when they do get so comfortable, then you try and make a joke or something. And it's just like, man, I really hope they get my sense of humor or else this is going to go horribly wrong. You know, I, I, I told you about Ryback. Um, I didn't. I, block- I mean, you were doing his podcast. You were doing his show for a while. I was doing his show for a while. Uh, he blocked me after that. I have no idea why. He blocked me, too. I think he blocked like a thousand people. And uh, one day he called me. And just went off for about like five minutes. This is an exclusive to our podcast subscribers, but he's like, "You stupid motherfucker!" I'm gonna, be, I'm, you know, blah 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 blah. And I'm like, "Dude, I don't run the site. I don't even, I don't even go to the site anymore. I don't know what you're talking about." And uh, he's like, "Well, yeah, well, it's all you people that are involved with that kind of shit." And and that's like, "Dude." Uh, just relax. Uh, I'm on your side, brother. Uh, but geez, he just went off. Yeah. I've never had that happen. I've had a couple talents that have privately thanked me for putting them over, recognizing the work they were doing. And that's nice to get like a DM. It is. Yeah. You know, like that. I've had some good this conversations with the people exact in the opposite. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I have good this conversations was... with like X-Pac about business. Cause uh, so for people that don't know, I also run an ad agency and we do a lot of the Bluetooth sponsorships and about 20 other brands. So like I've talked to X-Pac before about that. I talked to Al Snow before about sponsoring OVW was on an interesting call with Enzo once <laughs> yeah. his manager. Cause he, uh, before his current podcast, he was going to do a podcast with Cass back like three years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Talk to you know Gallus and Anderson, but those are fun because those are more just like informal business calls. Enzo was uh, Enzo is one of those that he, I don't know what's real or what's not, or uh, you know what was legit, but he uh, had more charisma hmm. than almost any uh, one I've seen in the last. Uh, you know, 10, 15 years outside of, you know, Roman Reigns has a different kind of charisma, but that dude, he, he just had it. And Triple it, H it, being in charge of WWE now, supposedly is going to put a dead stop to Enzo ever coming back. No, this no, would have no. brought him back eventually. Enzo had it then, uh, you I know, know, like he, he, he didn't have it as a wrestler, but he had it as a talking, uh, as a per, you know as a personality no, as a he, manager he i mean billy versus sasha takeover absolutely is 100 what got me back into wrestling and watching nxt takeover brooklyn 
But the next week, seeing Enzo and Cass and seeing their stuff, I mean, that along with a handful of other performers is really what got me reinvested in NXT. As those people got called up, I started watching the main roster again. Um, Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's like he's part of it, man. And I think uh, he's still, you know, generationally one of the best talkers in the business. It's just that, uh, you know, behind the scenes, rub too many people the wrong way. And when those allegations came out, which later there did not prove to be any legal merit, to them right um you know i didn't see people were not bending over backwards to accommodate or bring him back but that being said if he had not done the survivor series thing he done he did yeah. i think vince would have brought him back a hundred percent within the he, next year he acted the fool yeah um, i mean uh, it was it's unfortunate but you know i didn't know he was when, in the new uh, japan you, uh i'm sorry you got a uh, trump impression here uh no i'm not really an impressionist my impressions are pretty bad let's, let's see come on uh Huge. No, I don't know. I've never tried no. to do Trump before. Oh, no. Uh, no, you know what it is? Huge. Huge. Now, with Trump, it's uh, it's more the double talk of the, you know, it's very, he... inter- it's very interesting what people are saying, what they're saying. You wouldn't believe what they're saying, but the things, the things I'm hearing from the people, it's crazy. Have you heard what the people are saying? The people are saying. Have you heard what the people are saying? It's huge. It's huge. Yeah, it's, it's more that manner. It's more like... It's that Michael Scott like filibustering while hoping that a brilliant thought comes to you. That's what I think um, is interesting. But you know what's funny though, um, and I get a lot of shit from this in my family. Mm-hmm. Like before, before twenty sixteen, you know, like ten years ago, like I, I would get I would get pumped when there was a new season of the Celebrity Apprentice. I'd be like, this yeah. is gonna be awesome. I'm so excited about this. Like all of it, and uh, yeah, like my and I would be like. It was a very interesting transition, but that's what happens when uh, anyone, any celebrity goes into politics is it really reframes the way you see them. And uh, I mean, it happened with Arnold. There was a long time, you know, now everyone loves Arnold again, but you remember being in California. There was a period of time people were, were not really that thrilled with him. I I think Arnold was one of the uh, best governors that California has had. And I'm not, I mean, you know me, I'm not a... Hmm. Uh, I'm not a Republican, but uh, I thought uh, Arnold was uh, exactly what they needed at that point, mm. and 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 probably need right now. Jeez, I mean, it's just a shit show over there. Yeah, I feel like uh, I'm, I'm lefty, but Jesus, uh, it's Christ. a weird time right now. It's a yeah. weird time. Um, but no, I think you know, in terms of interviews, I think that it's it's tough sometimes because you want to be able to get into it. You want to be able to have real talk. You don't want to offend anybody. But right. at the same time, you also have to think about what do people want to talk about? What's their agenda with the interview? What are they trying to get over? Like, what's the the point of doing it? But look, man, I've had some great non-interview moments hanging out with the wrestlers. I think one of the great benefits of, um, again, my day job, is, you know, we sponsored the, the StarCast where Double or Nothing was had. Mm. And we sponsored the one in Chicago after that. So as one yeah. of the main sponsors, you know, I had essentially an all access pass to hang out backstage. Like I've seen MJF out of character, uh, yeah. you know, CM Punk was the nicest guy ever. I was there with Jesse Davin, um, yeah. hanging out. She was doing some work, uh, some promotional work, uh, doing handouts for me. We were backstage. CM Punk was me with Conrad just came over. Didn't have to, we were just in a corner said, Hey, my name's Phil. How are you guys doing? Introduced himself like the nicest guy 
you know, mm-hmm. and uh, it's it's really interesting just to be able to be around people when there's no pretense and just sort of get a taste yeah. of who they are. Yeah. Me and Conrad, uh, the, <laughs> the yeah. night after we met up, yeah, uh, we got hammered. <laughs> but it was, <laughs> and, and we got hammered as well. Yeah, Not, me more than you. But, yeah, uh, you definitely. <laughs> Uh, uh yes yeah, why i don't drink it at professional events man um but yeah but being me and conrad we got wasted and but you know it was a completely fun off the cuff uh yeah. discussion that we had and it was you know it was not everything has to be so serious and and uh yeah that was uh one of those times where and, and me and eric bishop yeah, yeah. I mean, they, we the night before that we we had uh quite a few drinks and zero percent of that ever got out and yeah so, that's yeah. good no look i mean i want to talk to eric at the dinner i had with him and conrad i want to talk more about his time doing tv production yeah. you know than i did want to talk about <laughs> wcw uh it was let me uh, get a couple of these questions yeah please too. oh bear hudson uh, asking does it make sense for wwe to sign cm punk what do you think? I think I mean, absolutely. Yeah, it's for all the wrong reasons. Mm, you think so? I mean, it's kind of like um, I don't know, man. It's, it's, yeah, it is kind of like getting back together with your ex, despite the guy she went out with after you. Like now we're back together. This was always meant to be. <laughs> this is true love. What you had was a fling. <laughs> Yeah, but at the same time, it is what's best for business. And and there's no way Punk can pull off the kind of shit he was doing in AEW that, yeah. you know, he, he, he couldn't do that in WWE. Roman Reigns would smack him if he tried to, to do that. It's funny he pulled it off in AEW, given that everyone saw his UFC career. It's hilarious that anybody thought <laughs> this is the guy that can throw it out. You're talking about Jungle Boy. <laughs> you know, oh, like, I, 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 I'd push around Jungle Boy. <laughs> <laughs> uh but no i think it would be cool um yeah. but yeah it's it's for all the wrong reasons what else we got wait actually kumar uh raj favorite wrestler that put you over oh rick flair for me who who, who would you say uh i mean i don't want to violate any of the the off the record dms i've got from people so i'm trying to think of like who yeah. said something really nice you know, I don't think anyone's ever said it publicly, to be honest. I think it's all been sort of... I think it's people don't want to play favorites. Ric Flair for me, because his one-year anniversary after he got hospitalized. Oh, yeah. Uh, and he chose me to be the person that interviews him one year after. And, uh, you know, to, to have one of the greatest of all time and, and choosing me yeah. to, to do it, I, that was a different level so oh, that's yeah, awesome, Flair, for sure yeah i mean we get people there like oh yeah wrestling inc yeah you guys do a really good thing or they'll be like wrestling inc call you the podcast that vince russo does You're like yeah you've currently paid attention <laughs> the last eight years it's only been like 15 years but... i know but yeah it's um how did that start how did uh how did that start with vince russo on the wink pod preemie because i know i replaced sean but how did it start with with uh vince well i i i remember so me and Vince Russo met for lunch and I remember thinking like it would be great to get 
the opinion of someone that was actually there, um, you know, to uh, on a podcast. And this was, I mean, this was what, 15 years ago? Yeah, we, what was WrestleMania 32? So this was actually, it was, it was like 10 years ago. And uh, I know, I know Sean Ross up, he wasn't comfortable with it at first, but. And 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 you know since then I think they uh, they have grown to hate each other. But for a while there, they actually they had a they had good chemistry. So um, yeah, yeah. It I was, remember uh, we had Vince back. We had Vince not back on like two or three times. Yeah, he wore the muscle shirt one time. Yeah, but I remember he was so dismissive <laughs> of current. Everything would be like, and then up next was Mojo Raleigh. And he'd be like, I don't give a fuck about this Mojo Jojo <laughs> bullshit. And it would just be like, okay, dude, put a shirt on. You're making me uncomfortable. Um, but yeah, he like just didn't care. But that's interesting though, because his involvement, because dude, I mean, we've told this story. I've told this story, but I'll tell it again. Um, because Sean was doing the podcast. You know, Sean doesn't even know this. I'm gonna spill the tea mm. here on this. Okay. When I started my agency in 2016, I left a gig at a network. The big keyword for my business is podcast advertising. So for my agency's Twitter account, I actually had a bot set up. And I would Mm -hmm. auto-like any tweet that mentioned the word podcast and advertising. And Sean, and we're not going to get into this, but Sean was trying to sell advertising on the Wink podcast. And he was like, hey, is anyone looking to buy advertising on the Wrestling Inc. podcast? DM me. And I auto-liked the tweet. Didn't even do it. Didn't even know who Sean was. I'd seen Wrestling Inc. maybe... 20 years ago, but wasn't familiar. And Sean like emailed me. He found my website because he's like, I saw you liked my tweet. I need to sell ads on this podcast. Let's yeah. talk. And because I was buying ads on podcasts, and I was a wrestling fan. I was like, okay, Sean, we're going to buy ads in the wing podcast. He left wrestling Inc. like maybe a month later. And he was like, ah, talk to Raj about ads. And I talked to you and now David Bixenspan. I love David Bixenspan. He's a great journalist, but I know as a podcast host, I think he is. I think he is in the sense of when you ask the question, I I like David. I think all journalists have some sort of inherent bias. Now, David, I'm sure would say is his bias is towards the truth. But if you were to say who's actually doing journalism, old school journalism, like real journalism in the world of wrestling, not Mm. what he hears from sources, not oh there's this gossip or this or not oh there was this filing you know he does do some trademark stuff but he dude is publishing freedom of information act requests that he's submitting like david really cares about trying to get the story and so he was hosting the podcast i do not think that i I think he's been interesting as a guest but i don't think hosting was his main skill but i remember you asked me i was talking about advertising and i made a few jokes about wrestling references and you were like like, what was your take? Because we haven't talked about this. Were you just like, ah, eh, this guy seems like he could talk about wrestling. We need to book him on the podcast. I, I mean, my thing has always been, um, uh, in general, yeah, uh, with wrestling. Um, for first off, I I I want the the podcast to be unbiased, right? Yes. So I always felt like that was a big deal for me because. There is so much, gosh, uh, I don't know if tonight's the night, but well, whatever. Um, there is a lot of bias towards AEW with journalists, right? 
And I didn't want to be a part of that culture. I, I, I don't want to be pro WWE. I don't want to pro AEW. I want to be unbiased. Um, but you, you listen to certain uh, podcasts that are out there when it comes to AEW. Um, they will criticize it when um, they have to. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I, I know what you mean. It's, it's, it's. I, uh, I don't want to make the comparison to another news organization, um, yeah. but yes, there's tribalism. There's yes. definitely um, some sort of allegiance, and it doesn't mean you're detached from reality, but it means that you have an inclination to try and support the narrative of the people that you like. Right, and you know when it like they're not bringing up this smackdown has been number one on all of mm -hmm. friday nights uh for like the last 20 weeks yeah it's right monster. yeah which is uh huge but they will bring up like they're like oh well uh, uh it came in third place rampage came in third place but oh only behind paw patrol you know it's like uh <laughs> you know where you you see the narrative that uh is being out there and uh uh yeah and you hey, look well i'm sorry but when you and i had that talk in 2016 just to finish this story yeah i made a joke i was wearing my becky lynch last kicker shirt i was like can't wear this out in public you laughed you were like hey do you want to be a guest on the wrestling inc podcast <laughs> what was your inclination because we were having a talk about ad sales and you yeah. invited me as a guest on the podcast um look i i, I it's funny with you with, yeah. and, and and with matt um like with matt i knew he's an aew guy right but and, this was before uh, that this was yes, always before and, that yeah. but you i've always yeah. known like you're yeah pretty unbiased like i can talk to you and yeah. not have a, a narrative being thrown out you know throwing thrown at me and uh you know, and which which I've always loved with with us. I feel like yeah, it, yeah, we yeah. we can discuss stuff and not have a uh, a bias that's out there. Matt, <laughs> there's going to be a bias that's out there, which is fine. But he also um, brings a lot of history. But it was crazy. Yeah, yeah. and he he's been there, done that. So yeah, but it's crazy. Yeah, I'm sorry. And and he's not as bad as he what once was too. <laughs> <laughs> there you go matt those are endorsing words um but no but so back in 2016 i think it was an episode of smackdown maybe it was raw probably raw so i mm. guessed it on the podcast and i remember because like with david and you like it just hadn't found its rhythm post sean right. sean had gotten good and by the way i'm also leaving out and i think i might have mentioned this to you maybe i mentioned this to you i'd mm. done podcasting before i'd done video yeah. things i'd done radio i did radio with leo laporte 30 years ago yeah um but i remember guesting with you and david and it was maybe five minutes later i said to my wife right when i got off i was like i think they're gonna ask me to host the podcast <laughs> and literally the email came in a minute later we were like do you want to start hosting the podcast yeah 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 uh yeah we, we, me me sean and uh vince had a we had a chemistry yes uh and uh and i felt like i hadn't found that again until it was you me and matt yeah you know no and, that's fair and i felt like you me and matt had it just a very it was very different but it was a chemistry that 
just shot us to the moon. You know? And Matt like, did not like me at first. If you go back, he didn't there, like me. There was an early <laughs> episode where he basically like, not only shut, told me to shut up, but like yelled at me for like interrupting. <laughs> Well, uh, I mean, me and Matt have had a couple of fights on air. Yeah, you know, what the, yeah, you know what the turning point was though, where there was like some event going on someday, and it was like, oh, Glenn's not going to be covering that. Matt, like, what COVID. do you have to do? No, no, this was back in like 2017. This was back like six months ago. Oh, okay, okay, gotcha. And so, and this is part of the reason why we're doing this podcast now. It's like. Matt was like, what's so important that you that's both better than wrestling? What do you what what stupid thing do you have to do? And I'm like, there's a screening of Grease 2 with the main star that played Cool Rider. And Matt and Matt took a second and B was like, that was actually a really awesome movie. And as a kid, like I thought I could fix up a motorcycle. Yeah. Like Matt just popped massively for me talking about Grease yeah. 2. And after that, we were cool. Yeah. You yeah. know? But before that, like he seemed like puzzled by a lot of my behavior, and then he became tickled by it. And, I th- I think, like, and I know. think at this point now, he likes you better than he likes me. Probably. Probably. <laughs> no, he and I get along, dude. I mean, we were doing that stuff on stereo. Like, it's interesting because we are very different um, in a lot of ways, but we do have like a weird Venn diagram overlap of some interests. Yeah. Like, he's kind and of a dork in some ways. He, um, Matt's a, um, I remember there was a guy that used to work on the site that just had it out for Matt. Oh, Jesus. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say. I'm gonna. No, I'm not gonna mention any names. Uh, yeah, I had it out for him. You know who? You know who? Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Um, and I was like, man, you just don't know Matt. He's just one of the nicest, most uh, uh, what's the right word? Just. Uh, his heart is in the right place. Yeah, he's all very the time. like one of the most sincere dudes, like who just cares, like yeah. to eleven. You know? Yeah. He's not even on ten yet. He's on twelve, right? Yeah. yeah. But um, he he's just the sweetest guy, and uh, they just wanted him fired constantly to where it was just like, hey, dude, you're going before Matt goes, you know? <laughs> um. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think people have their their preferences and their allegiances, and I think that sometimes people just get it in their head about certain folks. And I, granted, the world we live in, I know that it's. I get the times we live in, and it's and sometimes it's almost easier not to know t- too much, you know, right. about a person because I think it's very easy to um, just decide you don't like somebody based on one aspect. Of right. their personality, and it's silly. And it, it's a complicated world, you know. You, it, yeah. if we're not, if we're shutting a person completely off because of their politics or their preferences, or you know, um, that used to not happen. How are we? How are we going to get farther as a society? And the world was a better place when it used to be that people could be on opposite sides of the aisle and still hang Absolutely. out with each other. after hours and have a civil conversation you can disagree without being disagreeable and i think that there's you know that there's no one person side or viewpoint that is responsible for that rhetoric but no that's that's the world we live in but no it's it's interesting with matt because um yeah originally we didn't really get along then we started getting along then at a certain point like you started dipping more on the podcast and it was just like there was a long time where it's like oh it's just great just me and matt are gonna hang out on monday (laughs) and like what i always love about going off topic with matt is Matt will want if Matt's 
interested in the off-topic thing, you would have to be the one to rein us in because Matt <laughs> Matt will entertain whatever off-topic thing we had for as long as it went, as long as he was into it. If he didn't care, he'd be like, get back to wrestling. I was the one. I would always be the one yeah. to be like, okay, okay, raw, guys, raw. Yeah, and Matt the would be like, we got to talk more about the movie Rad <laughs> and Dancing on Bicycles. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I think that... Uh, I don't know. I mean, uh, it's, it's, that's been my joy in in doing this um, again with you guys is that it's fun. And don't get me wrong. Like, I love Issa. I love doing the show with Issa and Alfred. It's like Issa and I love talking about wrestling so much that we started doing a Yellow Jackets podcast together. We've yeah. talked about doing another podcast together about Spanish music. Yeah. Um, but you do form that sort of relationship with people yeah. when you do this over time. And especially in COVID, it just sort of highlighted the fact that it's like, you kind of, I mean, I don't know. Like, I realized how many acquaintances I had. I realized how few friends I had that I kept in regular contact with. And it's yeah. like, with you and Matt, um, yeah, that's what I've said about with this with Gigantic Pop. I mean, it's cool that people watch, but part of me, it's like, you know, I know people that just do a weekly Zoom chat with their friends as literally just an excuse to have a social life. So yeah. this doesn't seem that far off. I feel like with Gigantic Pop, it's it's three three buddies hanging out. We haven't yeah. quite figured out what this podcast is yet. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like, uh, uh, but we just have a great time hanging out. And yeah, w whatever the topic is, whether it's Karate Kid or or you know. Uh, Maybe next week we'll do Nightmare on Elm Street. So next week we're doing Freddie and Jason, and we're going to talk about stuff. Um, but dude, even on the Stereo Show and on um, on uh, Wrestling Inc., I mean, the details that came out. I mean, the night you guys learned that I was in a band, I used to be a band. The first time Matt listened to it, Matt was like, "Hey, this is actually really good." <laughs> or then when Matt talked about getting shot, yeah. and we were like, "Hold the phone!" Matt got shot. Like, what? Well, like. He, he he would surprise us, you know. Glenn, you always surprise me. Your your life is way more interesting than mine. Uh, you, <laughs> like you, well, you, you you ran into JoJo Siwa. Uh, Wait, did I tell you about my phone call with Rudy Giuliani like six months ago? What? No, you did not tell me Ru that. Rudy Giuliani wanted ads on his podcast, and I get an email to my company signed Rudy Giuliani. Like I'm looking for ads on my podcast, and so I first I'm just like this is bullshit, right? Like I'm not going to respond. And I get another email saying, hey, I want ads on my podcast. And then finally I respond. I'm like, here's my calendar link. Let's set up a call. And I get in the call. And then Rudy Giuliani joins the phone call. Uh. And look, I don't agree with that man about things. <laughs> I think he's done a lot of damage uh, in re to his own reputation and to others in recent years. He's had a lot of bad behavior. But 20 years ago, dude, if he would have retired 20 years ago, he would have been the most one of the most beloved political figures of all time. He didn't go out on top. No. But I'll no. tell you what, though, this on the phone, nicest dude, funny, engaging, telling me stories yeah. uh, about random things. I didn't want to get off the phone with him. I just felt like I was talking to like, an, uh, you know, like, uh, yeah, I was like talking to like, you know, like your great uncle or something. It was really weird. But I was like. We're not gonna place ads on your podcast because we're not crazy, but here's some people that you might want to talk to, you know. It's too bad. He he um because he was a moderate for a long time. Yeah. And uh um you know, yeah. uh, stay out of politics, but um, oh, I know, I know. Um yeah. no, it's crazy though. But no, so yes, my life 
is occasionally interesting. The Jojo Siwa thing was interesting. No, no, no. Your your life is uh, way more interesting than than mine for sure. Raj, explain why WWE has been on fire from an economic standpoint. Even NXT is up year over year. Um, Explain. What what do you think? Well, okay. Well, live events, number one. Like, taking all that time off during COVID Mm -hmm. and people wanting to go out again. I mean, look, inflation is real. Um, and like, and there's like real inflation when you talk about the value of the dollar, but then you talk about corporate inflation and raising prices. WWE has realized there's enough demand for their product that they can charge more. They're still doing their highest growth now. I mean, now they're doing their highest grossing best attended live events ever in most of the markets that they're playing in. I think people were deprived of entertainment Mm. for a long time. That helps. That's part of it, but I think it actually was better. Yeah. (laughs) It was triple H. Triple H made things a lot better. That the Bloodline storyline uh, last mm-hmm. year was the best thing we've seen in wrestling in like twenty years. Um, I, I I feel like Roman Reigns has just been on another level, and just combining all that, Sami Zayn was hot as hell. Um, Cody Rhodes getting him at that that right time. It's Huge. just been it's just been. Uh, you know, and LA Knight right now, you know, like yeah. his ascension. Like I can watch SmackDown easily. Raw well, is a different story. No. And NXT yeah. NXT is the easiest watch. NXT is still my favorite wrestling show in all professional wrestling. It's the most entertaining, the least stale, the least repetition and boring spots. Like it's just um it's good. And I think that, you know, you know what's funny? NXT was at its worst. And I got a lot of shit about this during the time. But when it was trying to be AEW, when the Undisputed Era was running things, NXT got really boring for that period of the black and gold brand. Yeah. Um, what do you think about CM Punk? No, I think we talked about this earlier, but I think uh, he's going to come back. Regardless of the so? reasoning, I think he's going to make a return. Okay, hold on. Let me uh, let me throw this out there. And uh, I got some thoughts about uh, Akshay, Akshay Kumar's uh, question. But um, yeah, to Justin's point, there was a lot of wrestling. Here's the thing about NXT. If you like a little bit of that old school glow, Southpaw wrestling, like, hey, we're doing crazy shit and our tag team champion, his gimmick is literally that he's in the mafia. Like, like okay. NXT is the show for you. It's not afraid to throw everything against the wall. It has really good wrestling, but it also it's not afraid to be silly. You know, Al Snow took my quote on wrestlers on Netflix is when he said wrestling is the Muppet show. I've been saying that for, for seven years now, you know, and NXT is the Muppet show, man. Like it's a show about this wacky promotion and it's, it's fun as hell to watch. Um, Actually, Kumar is a question about venue stuff. With AEW's ability, inability to fill houses, why not downsize the arena's thoughts? Raj, I don't know about you, but Ring of Honor, they got all these, like, they got so much talent that you can't sell tickets. You could sell tickets on MJF, Adam Copeland, Chris Jericho, Christian. They've got names, but with WWE, if you start saying, hey, we got John Cena, Roman Reigns, Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair... WWE has more recognizable talent right now. AEW loaded up the roster with a lot of people that are used to selling out thousand seat venues and more power to them. 
but AEW is trying to compete on a grand stage and they haven't built, they, they have so much talent. It's been a detriment to their ability to keep building talent. Well, I kind of what we mentioned earlier, I, I feel like AEW, um, they have their hardcore fans yeah, and they've reached it and uh, they've got them. But if you want to grow, you have to go beyond that. And they're not going beyond that. And, uh, you know, WWE to, you know, it was the same thing. They hadn't been going beyond that until last year. And then they, they struck gold and, and, uh, and grew. Um, I just think AEW right now is, they don't, they're assuming everyone knows who uh you know shibata is and okada is and 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 whatnot and uh at some point you got to realize that you're the number two promotion in the world not just the us but in the world and you got to act a, a accordingly and part of that is um bringing up your fans, uh, bringing them up to speed on what's going on and, uh, and just, I don't know, uh, just not taking things for granted. What, what do you think? I mean, Tony Khan and AEW had this famous spirit of like, Oh, we don't need a bunch of writers. That's what's ruining WWE. Right. Yeah, Vince Vince McMahon was what was ruining WWE. It wasn't the writer's fault. And if you look at any former WWE writer, yeah. like just ask them about pitches they had that didn't get accepted, and they'll tell you twenty great things you could have seen on the air yeah. if Vince had it shot it down. Um, Tony Khan, like they, I mean, now they've got Jimmy Jacobs, which should be good because he was responsible for a great era in WWE for some great stuff like Jericho, Jericho some other great storylines. Um, but no, they need some real writers in there to get some clear, easy to understand storylines. So aside from MJF, we can have more stuff that people want to tune in and watch on a weekly basis. Yeah. And, and, and also, um, realizing that the hardcore wrestling fan base is a limited fan base and you've got to expand beyond that. And And we talked about that last week. I mean, with how wrestling started, like we didn't know anything as kids when we saw Hulk Hogan and Rocky three in the first WrestleMania. No, no kid was watching the first WrestleMania and being like, sure. A lot of rest holds in this, in these matches, (laughs) you know, I mean, we were pretty sure Hulk Hogan and Mr. T were going to win. Even when I thought it was, when even when I thought it was real, I thought Hulk Hogan and Mr. T were going to win. But that's the thing, man. It's like, you know, if you're going just to the smart marks, if that's your audience, um, you're only going to get so far. And I think AEW hasn't gone beyond that. I mean, and I'll say this, like Orange Cassidy, I think his gimmick is amazing, but it is also a bit of a smart gimmick. Like Mm -hmm. you have to watch that and play along with it. Like, that is a very kayfabe gimmick and it's great. And I know kids have gotten into that. I know other fans have watched them. I'm like, what the hell? But it is a very like, that is not a gimmick that's going to lend credibility and believability to wrestling. That's like, oh, we're all in on the joke. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And uh, yeah. And, and I think, um, I think Tony Khan is a little, you know, we were talking about CM Punk earlier. CM Punk, um, 
he's not pulling this kind of shit in WWE, right? No. Like, there's no way he's uh, uh, doing what he's, what he, he, he's not, you know, punking Christopher Daniels, uh, a producer in, in WWE. Uh, he didn't want to be there, though. He did this last thing clearly to get fired. Yeah. It seems like it for sure. Yeah. I mean, you don't, but what Jungle Boy did, if it hadn't been that, it would have been something else. Yeah, yeah, it was basically uh, clearly if Punk wants to be in WWE. Not so much. Uh, who knows if they want him as well? I think it's to their benefit to have him, but there is a lot of baggage that goes with it. Do you think he already looked at the calendar for Survivor Series in Chicago and was like, I've got to get fired by this date? <laughs> uh, I don't think so, no. No. But that's the move. But look, that's that's too good of a place for the WWE. Uh, no, I think you know the, the Jungle Boy thing. Again, I think Jungle Boy should have, have been fired. He he went into business for himself. Uh, called out a top star on their TV, um, and, and, and anyone watching that knew that that's going to lead to problems, right? Like you, you'd have to be a total idiot to not assume that that's going to escalate. Uh, and he, Jungle Boy chose violence, and he should have been fired, in my opinion. Yeah. And uh, you know, CM Punk. Uh, I'm not defending him either. He sh- he shouldn't have. But any person with rational thinking knew that that was uh, going to be a, a an issue. And yeah. No, well, that makes sense. Crimea River, you yes, know, like, well, like, you are a, uh, you have no pull, and and to be able to act so smug, um, oh God, I don't know, I, I just uh, he he's a douche, right? Yeah, agree? I, I agree, but you, and it's weird that when you think back to him going doing that Fox gig with WWE, like him being one to do that, like he's had a like. I wonder what's going on in that guy's head. But when he came yeah. back to AEW, when he made his or when he debuted in AEW, like he was so positive and thoughtful, and he's fallen in love with wrestling again. And yeah, yeah, it's just very interesting, you know. And then Brawl Out happened. Um, yeah, I don't know. Got to be tough, he's man. A douche. Yeah. He's a douche. Well, anything else before we wrap up this uh, off the rails edition of Gigantic Pop? You never heard from Matt. <laughs> Matt fell asleep. Next week, Freddie Jason. <laughs> maybe we're going to do it on Sunday again. Maybe we'll do another Monday. We'll see what happens. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. It's just, you know, it's the evening Pacific time. I like to have my evenings a little bit. Uh, yeah, this was fun. We, we got to talk a little wrestling and a little business. Yes. Um, but no, we appreciate everyone tuning in tonight. The live numbers tonight, fantastic. Please, everybody, like and subscribe to this channel. Look, here's the deal I'm going to pull back the curtain, I'm going to shoot here for a second. We really want to get to a thousand subscribers on YouTube. YouTube has <laughs> tiers and things unlock and whatnot. We just want to get to a thousand subscribers. Audio's good, right audio's been going well, but the YouTube numbers I'd really like just a little more. Subscri- please, like, and let people know. I still get things people like, You guys are doing a podcast together again? Yeah, we are. You know, we're back. And we're finding our way. We're making our way the only way we know how. Yeah. Um, 
and uh, follow Raj at the Raj Giri. He'll be making bets about tomorrow night's viewership and whether CM Punk returns. That's what he does now. He makes weird prop bets. His life is basically yeah. uncut gems, but it's all bets about weird things that happen yeah. in a completely predetermined business. Um, yeah. Follow me at Glenn Rubenstein. Like, subscribe, and uh, we'll be back next time on Gigantic Pop. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you back here soon. Take care. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.